Welcome to the Grow People podcast. Uh, that, of course, Pastor Jason uh, sitting right there. I am, welcome. <laughs> welcome. I am David Stein, campus pastor. Um, and the purpose of the Grow People podcast is to help grow people. That's, <laughs> that's what we do. There's another laugh here. There is. There is. Joining us today, you, you know her as the face of WOCO. Mm. Uh, but if there was ever someone who is not face. just the... Not just the glue, but the command strips. Oh, I love command strips <laughs> know, so much. I know. Of this church, it would be uh, our communications minister, uh, Lindsay Gertis. Welcome to the Grow People podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. You still have that that post-WOCO glow. Um, it's mostly from the confetti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was still, a, that was a lot of confetti. Whose idea was the confetti? Well, I asked Brian. I said, hey, I really want confetti this year. And he said... Okay, that's great. So I picked out all the colors and stuff. And then he texted me, I guess, maybe on Thursday or Friday and said, we're going real big for the confetti. And I said, okay, let's let's do it. It's a 10-year anniversary. I had no idea. <laughs> Nobody did. <laughs> I had yeah. no idea it was going to be that much confetti. Like, it just kept coming. Yes. Yeah. It never stopped. And then... It still hasn't stopped. Yeah. No. You literally could lay down and make like a snow angel yeah. in it if yeah. you wanted to. And then poor Kuba. Oh, yeah. That was about to mention that video. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So was he playing bass? Yes. Yeah. Okay. He was like right in front of the confetti cannon. And when it started coming out, I mean, his whole body just got plummeted, just nonstop. And there's a video of him. He's kind of like looking over at Chris on the drums and kind of smiling-ish. <laughs> like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. And But it was so fun. It was so fun. So, but yes, I am definitely, if we want to call it glowing, if we have... If that's what we want to call it, that post-Woco glow, then yep, <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got it. Yeah. 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 You know who cleaned up all of the confetti? Um, I think he helped. He did. Did yeah. you help? Um, I was doing something else. Yeah. He yeah. was on the cleanup crew he, he for was. confetti. I was so on the confetti cleanup. Now he has said that we can't have confetti anymore, and I'm like, well, then just don't be on the cleanup crew. Is that crew. how he said it? Kind of, sort of. <laughs> okay. So I well, think I felt like no one. It was just there after it was over, and mm -hmm. everybody else was tearing down. I don't yeah. think anybody wanted to tr try to tackle it, right? So I was like, "Well, we just got to start." It's like yeah. a, it's like the principle of life, and so Didn't I just we grabbed have that like big leaf blowers or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had that big, you know, broom. Um, so I just started sweeping it up, and then yeah, a couple guys came in with leaf blowers and blew it all to the front. Yeah, and then. Uh, but what's gonna happen? Because this is because we've done confetti once before. Yeah. And it's taken and us a apparently while. Apparently didn't learn. We've done it a couple of times. <laughs> students did it okay, once okay. or kids or somebody. Yeah, maybe. And maybe it was students or kids that did it. But I just remember one Easter, you were like bringing it. Mm -hmm. You were like right in the middle of the salvation prayer, just like, you know, the Holy Spirit was moving and you're in this prayer and... I look up and there's a piece of yellow confetti, confetti. that is just taking its time. Oh, yeah, flipping over. It was yeah. the glory cloud. Yeah, it was the glory <laughs> cloud. <laughs> so now that's going to happen again at oh, I some know. point, I know. probably at Easter, maybe at Christmas. I don't know. So everybody, oh, sorry, there's your glasses. Everybody just be prepared. It did seem like this confetti fell faster than whatever the other yeah. one we had. Like it was lighter. I think the other one was more like this confetti was. Like not near as strong, like the sure. paper, whatever you know. Yeah. So that last one before it was gold, and it just yeah, it took felt like five minutes to. Yeah, fall. it did, but this one just like bam. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. One. For those who who did not see it, and and I, and of course I'm always thinking, hey, let's let's celebrate something. Sure. I was like, hey, let's leave it there for Sunday, and people <laughs> be asking, what's all this confetti for? Yeah. Um, but that was. Uh, I got the kibosh on that one. Yeah, or literally, I, you would just like trip and fall on it. It was it was it, like a layer. Yeah, it was yeah. Like like I couldn't yeah. even hardly stand on it mm -hmm. with my like during worship and yeah. everything because it was just so much. And I looked down at one point, and Paige Brian Damero's wife, she was sitting next to me, and she had confetti like stuck in her shoe. Uh, so I was like pulling confetti out of her <laughs> shoe. I'm sure all of us found confetti places. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but it was festive. It was. Yeah. It was great. And it was it was awesome. We'll get we'll get to the conference in, in a minute. Sure. But what what is 
You guys work together. Mm-hmm. I worked we for did. seven and a half years with my wife in a very small room, just like this. Yeah, um, <laughs> very small. There, there were some very uh, quiet rides home yes. <laughs> from the radio show. Um, what, what is what is Woco Week like in your house? Oh, mm. it is a week. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see each other very much that week. Um, he just basically, basically, I say I need you to be here. At this time to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, we've been working together for our entire marriage. Like we've never not worked together. Mm-hmm. So um I think we've gotten it down pretty well just yeah. to kind of, you know, you know that I'm have a lot going on. And so you try to pick up the slack and help and you don't expect a lot of like wifely home <laughs> wifely. duties. Wifey. Um like our house right now looks like the confetti. Yeah, that's what you say. It looks like a cannon. It looks like a cannon went off in the house. Um, My car currently looks like a cannon went off because just everything just kind of comes back into my car. Yeah, there's a lot of Amazon Mm -hmm. deliveries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On that, and not necessarily for the church. It's outfits. <laughs> Out, oh, okay. Yeah. There's just a lot. There's a lot you that did, happens. You did show up with many outfits on Saturday morning. I yeah. did because we we dress all of our mannequins that freaked you out at what time did 545. you arrive? 545. And I love I love this place when there's nobody here and <laughs> yeah. it's dark. Me too. And I it's just so peaceful. It's it's like the Holy Spirit's here. Sure, yeah. yeah. And and I come walking in, and normally I just saunter over to the lights, and I'm sauntering over to the lights, and I come around the corner, and there is the shoulder of a mannequin right at the corner. I ran and screamed like a schoolgirl to turn the lights on. No more saunter. What did you say, sauntering? Saunter. You went from yes. saunter to screaming. Screaming. Yes. Yeah, but I feel like we have it pretty much down pat. The kids are older now, so we're, there's not as much shuffling of, you know. Well, even Jackson knows. Yeah. Like, he can't plan much because she needs him to yes mm-hmm. to do yeah. things and-, and natalie is pretty chill so i feel like this year honestly like i kept saying the week before kept telling our team like hey let's try to get ahead as much as we possibly can let's just that way this last week um like the week of woco was just a little easier to breathe and we were laughing yesterday it literally takes it feels like you know weeks and weeks and weeks it takes a year to plan, it takes weeks to set up, um, so many hours, and then it takes two two hours to put it all away. Yeah, it's like Christmas. Yeah, yeah we're like, oh, this is sad, yeah. but you know. So yeah, that's kind of how it was. I think we probably ate out a lot. Or- and, and there's opposition. There's spiritual opposition. Oh, always, always for she, sure. She she normally gets sick or has something happen. This mm-hmm. year we both got sick. Um. There was a lot of other family things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's, we just expect it now. It's like, oh, it's Woco. Yeah. You know. And that kind of happens in our family for Christmas and Easter, Easter any yeah. big things that happen. Some, you know, and now like, it used to kind of freak us out, I think, but now we just kind of ride the wave. We, well, I would say it used to surprise us. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. yeah. That's good. But now, now we're not surprised by it. Yeah. We're like, of course you have whatever yeah. and i get all the weird things mm-hmm. like i get all the weird things any weird ailment <laughs> she had scurvy this week yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna be the one to get it <laughs> like it's just it just now it's kind of laughable i mean there was one year for woco i the week before i had hives all over my body mm-hmm. all over my body like my face my eyes everywhere and so um, I didn't get hives this year, so that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was great. I'm glad. Well, um, we come into that week uh, expectant. Yes. And I think that this exceeded our expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the best B- thing we've ever done. BTWD, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've abbreviated it. <laughs> so do, go ahead, go ahead. do the podcast listeners know about I, what I, you say and do? I don't know. Okay. So after every event, and this has now kind of just become our little inside joke, I think, um, after every event that we ever do at this church, David will find me and say, this is the best thing we've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> This is the best thing we've ever done. And so I love it. I'm just like, I'm honestly a little nervous about the moment that he comes to me and is like, this was good. This was awful. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or I don't say anything. Or yeah. you don't say anything. 
think yeah. I'm just going to go home and quit after that. But I, I, I can I can legitimately say, and I don't want these things to become uh, something out of my mouth that are like, no, oh, whatever. I, you're um, so genuine but, with it. But legitimately, this was the best thing we've yeah. ever done. <laughs> it was really good. Our backdrop this year, like our lobby, um, mm-hmm. you know, photo booth area was literally like I kind of dreamed it up and drew it out and then gave it to our um, a girl that helps us with all of it. And she knocked it out of the park. Like it was more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, so I took a video when the, when the wind was blowing. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have cool. to have that. That looks so yeah. cool. Yeah. Can you see that on the camera? There. See? I don't know if you can, see? but it's if cool. you can't. Yeah. The lobby doors were open and the wind was blowing the, whatever those are. Um, little, it's sequin. Yeah. Sequins. Whosever who's idea it was to put the WOCO letters there, that was great. That was a great that idea. Was, that was you. It was multiple people's idea. But did you want you? You'll get you. Well, get I asked. You, I asked where they were going. You said they're going to the shop. Well, we weren't and then really one hundred percent sure. We were really kind of planning different yeah. things. You said that. Mom said that. Marcy said that. I said that. I said that. it first. We, okay. Yeah. Then you get the gold star for it. You did yeah. a great job. Thank you. Honey. Yeah, it was the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that input. The Holy Spirit was speaking to all of us. Yeah. Amen. And it was spelled correctly. It was. Yeah. That would have been uh, bad. Well, the fu- that was the funniest thing. I when we were setting it up Thursday night, I said, "Hey, which side does the this O go on?" And, no, you said I didn't hear you say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If I heard you say that, I was not paying attention. Yeah. Well, there were other things going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we get to Saturday, and yep. it was so cool. There were, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of women who go to Revolution. Yes. Um, hundreds of women who don't go to Revolution right. that uh, that come to Woco on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and then some who have been who are here for the very first time at a first time guest call on Sunday afternoon. Aww. And uh, the lady said that she came to Woco and I think she lived in Brazelton or somewhere, mm. drove back from Brazelton Sunday morning wow. awesome. to come to church. Wow. Uh, so that was really cool. But the messages were so life-giving. I, I finally got to see the one message I didn't see. Mm-hmm. I watched it last night. It was Tara Jenkins. Yeah. And that was the one that, that Leanna, my wife, came out of crying. Oh, I literally cried my makeup off. My makeup was <laughs> too much chin <laughs> afterwards. I had to go and reapply everything. It was just, you know, yeah, it was it was so good. All three of our speakers were just absolutely incredible. And I've already heard so many amazing testimonies just from what God did in everybody's lives and hearts. And um I'm just so thankful for how they how they presented who Jesus is and just their, their, all of their messages were great. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah the 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 essence of, of Tara's message of uh, healing the little girl in you. Yes. Oh mm. my gosh. So Ugh. that you can be the woman that God has created. Yeah, that was that, good. That was, um, it, it was it was powerful in that I was thinking of how many women were at that conference that have not had healing. Yeah. Well, and I think too. You know, one of the things that I, I have a heart, I'll I'll just be real honest. Like I have to really focus in on those messages um, because I am thinking about what's coming up, like the next thing that's coming up, you know? And so I have to like really zone in. And, and that was one of the things that I really caught and that I was honestly convicted about and just thinking about other women in our, in the, in the auditorium who are listening. Um, I do think the little girl inside of us sadly gets um, quieted down by the world and by the expectations that the world puts on us and our to-do list Mm -hmm. and just all the expectations and things that we have to do and be and all of that. And I started thinking about like the things that I would do as a little girl, like, and how some of those things I don't do anymore. And I'm not talking about the immature parts of it, but the fun parts Mm -hmm. of being a little girl. And, um, that's really convicting to me, you know, like that little girl is still deep inside. Right. And I started thinking about our daughter, you know, she's 13, but she's still a little girl. And how do I help cultivate Mm. that in her to where, you know, how do I help lead her in a way that that little girl of her in her doesn't, um, doesn't die, that it can stay, you know active and present. And 
Um, and I mean, and to have that childlike faith. And so, yeah, it was. And then, I mean, the, when, when the heart beat, what's that called? When the, the line, flat line. the flat line, when mm-hmm. that happened, I had no idea that was going to happen. Yeah. So I was shocked and it was powerful. And then when the heart began to, to beat again. So it was mm-hmm. just the entire, her entire message was incredible and so, so needed. Then uh, segued after lunch into the panel discussion. Sure. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't want that to end. It was so fun. Yeah. And, it was and, so fun. And real. Yeah. Talking about rest. Mm-hmm. How do you find rest? Because you're not rested. No, I am 100% not rested right now. I will just be real honest. I want to have some rest. Well, how are you? How are you going to practically get that rest? Well, I'll just tell you all a little a little story about what happened on Saturday. I can share this right about our life of what happened right after Woco was over. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, like, I don't know what you're. I don't what are know you what are you gonna <laughs> yeah. say. Um, so like we we go full throttle. You know that's a that's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Full throttle mm-hmm. for weeks up until Woco, and then my we have been praying and begging my grandparents to move here for some time now. They moved here on Wednesday. Of Woco Week. Yeah. Of Woco Week. Yeah. Yeah. And um, which was beautiful and wonderful. I literally had nothing to do on my list that day that they arrived. So I was able to spend so much time with them. Um, on Saturday when when we got off the stage and it was pretty much over and mm-hmm. we started cleaning up, my mom walked up to me and said, hey, dad is having to take Papa to the hospital um, he is having some chest pains and, and he has a, he has a history of, um, heart issues. And so we got everything cleaned up. We kind of assessed the situation. Um, he was admitted into the hospital that on Saturday night. So after Woco and normally what happens for me when we're done with Woco is I go home and I sleep for 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I hibernate. Um, but I have not been able to do that yet. And I, was at the hospital Saturday night. I was at the hospital all day Sunday. We got to watch the message on Sunday, which was great. Mm-hmm. And even when you walked in Sunday night to the hospital, he started like recounting some of your message, which is really cool. Um, spent the night there at the hospital on Monday night. So yeah, I have not rested yet, but I'm. it's coming. I feel <laughs> that it's coming, that I'm going to get to go home and I'm going to get to sleep and just rest for a little bit. But Honestly, even, I mean, the Lord has just really sustained us during this time, even though I am so exhausted and can't really put sentences together. Um, But at the same time, like, I know that I, even being, you know, even taking care of people and in our jobs and things like that, we still, it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that we have to create space Mm -hmm. to rest. Um, and it might not necessarily be the best rest of my life, but I still have to slow down long enough because if I don't rest, I'm not going to be any good for anybody else that I'm trying to take care of and love on and lead and things like that. And so um, I definitely think that there's going to be seasons of life where it's a little bit, it's going to look a little different, you know, um, and that's okay. We just have to adapt. And um, But I, I, I love Jess Conley. And one of the things I want to say about all three of these women is that who they are on stage and then who Mm -hmm. they are off the stage, they're the same people. They're so legit and so kind and so easy to work with. And I'm just so grateful that we are able to bring them in, but I'm also really thankful that they're my friends Mm -hmm. and that, I mean, I've been texting with all three of them over the last couple of days. They've all been praying for my grandfather and they're just, they're the real deal. They're just really neat, incredible people. Uh, so grateful that Whitney Caps is doing well. Oh, mm-hmm. she's doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, Crohn's disease, cancer, all kinds, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Uh, I wrote down something from uh, her message on Saturday. Um, social media is not sinful, but definitely not sanctifying. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's not sinful, but definitely not sanctifying. Mm-hmm. And revival never happens in God's people when we ignore sin. Yeah. And she called for repentance. Yes. That's when I texted Pastor Jason. I was like, this is a message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is, what did I say? This, this is what preaching looks like this, or something This like is that. what preaching looks like, a, yeah. a call to repentance. Yeah. yeah. She's, I mean, I have no words really for her. 
She's on a whole nother. Well, you're level. exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I have no words. And, and we, we, no want words you to, we want you to get that rest before the crash. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's my plan. Okay. Uh, but I think it would be important for folks to know exactly what you do here. Sure. Uh, you, you say you've been working with your husband for your entire marriage. Yep. But your job here, your role is communications minister. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have an incredible team, Marcy and Cassie and Allie and Mason. Mm-hmm. And they help. Yes. But this is an all-encompassing job. It is. So explain to people listening who are revolution folks. Sure. What the communications department does. Everything. (laughs) That's it does touch everything. Yeah. Everything. That's one of the kind of one of the things. Um, hold on, my headphones are falling. You don't like the headphones. I hate the headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Um your hair looks weird. It does? No. Oh, stop. <laughs> he was talking to me. Um, we, like, literally, hold on. They are falling. Okay. okay. Um, so, really, honestly, everything that we do here at Revolution Church has some form of a communicative or creative aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And so, our team, really, everything that happens here kind of passes through our hands a little bit. Um, not like, we're not like, yes, we can do this. No, we can't do this. But like helping out with how we're going to communicate events and activities and curriculum and the message and all that type of stuff. So, um, we make all the graphics, we send all the text messages, we do all the app notifications, um, we do all the signage, we, um, order all the things. Yes. So, um, really, so if there, if there's an event that is happening, we are on the ground floor of making sure that that event takes place and that we have everything needed, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, everything, even like down to the tablecloths. Oh, like I, we just make sure that the tablecloths are here. <laughs> I, I tell people everything you see, hear, or feel, yeah. it, it comes through the communications department. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And I, and I love it. And it's really the the greatest joy of my life to help communicate. Um, sorry, I get very emotional about this. Um, and not just cause you're tired. No, and no, it has nothing to do with that, but I love the local church. Mm-hmm. I, I love Jesus. I love Jesus so much. And I love that the local church is his idea. I love it so much and that he created it. And so the fact that we get to, figure out ways for people to get connected and for them to hear about the gospel and for them to be able to come into our buildings to, to hear the preached word. And then Mm -hmm. also to be out in the community. Like we, I just am so thankful that I get to literally see everything that we get to do. And sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because there is a lot that we, that we do, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, God has been just so gracious to us to, to give us the people needed to, to pull off everything. And so whether it's WOCO and just hundreds of hours that go into that and our team, you know, is constantly thinking of ways to, um, you know, serve people well, whether it's give a kid a chance or hope for Christmas, like we get to help assist um, our missions team with that and everything. And so that's really cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. In, in the church's ecclesiology, mm-hmm. you, you could say that the most important thing is the preaching. Yeah. yeah. From 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 the preaching, everything else flows. Yes. But this church don't run without you. Oh, well, that's And fine. so we're very grateful. Well, it's honestly really easy to get behind all of the communication stuff that we do. And because um, I am married to the chief communicator. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I, I believe... I I know that he loves Jesus more than he loves me. Um, And I know that he loves God's word and God's word is active and alive in his heart. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to, even on the times where maybe, you know, we are tired or exhausted or whatever. um, I'm just so thankful that, that we are able to communicate what we're able to communicate. And I'm glad to be on his team. Um, this is this is a dream for me. Like this is, mm. I thought that when God called me into ministry, that I would 
I didn't really know what that was going to look like mm-hmm. because I didn't really see a lot of women in ministry when I was growing up other than, you know, just the people who played the piano and stuff, which is not bad. We need we need that. But mm-hmm. I thought that's what I would end up being, you know, it was just somebody that played the piano. And, and then I married a pastor. And so then I really thought, oh, great. I am really going to be playing the piano <laughs> and <laughs> organizing like potluck dinners and stuff like that. Not and that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's dinner. anything wrong with that. But I just thought... I knew well, that, that's not the only role. Yeah, right. yeah. And and he really freed me up whenever we and early on in our marriage, he said, you know, I want you to I want you to do and serve in the local church as if you're not my wife. Mm. And that really gave me like that really gave me the courage to just ask the Lord, what do you what do you want for me? You know, not necessarily what are the expectations of people in church that they want from their pastor's wife? Yeah. But like, what do you want from me? Because that's what I desire. I desire to do what he asks me to do. Mm, amen. And there has been things that he has asked me to do that I'm like, what? And I'm like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to just walk in obedience so that there's been things that he's asked me to stop doing. And I'm like, What? And I'm just going to walk in obedience mm-hmm. to that. And so I just try to hold everything. And, I, and I'm, I'm not perfect. He knows I'm not perfect. We don't have this perfect marriage that like where we don't ever argue or, you know, I mean, we're, we're not perfect. But I will say that I think one of the things that we have done in the, in the 21. Will be 22. T- will be 22 in January. 22 years of marriage is our yes has been on the table. Mm-hmm. And so we just ask the Lord to do what only we ask the Lord to do what He wants us to do. Yeah. You know, like we want to we want to do what God wants us to do. And there's going to be times where, you know, it's weird to everybody else, and and that's okay. And so and now and now I apply that to my job. Like you know, I, I, Lord, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to say this? Mm-hmm. Even to the point of like. What does this graphic need to feel like? What does, you know, this um, text need to sound like? I always want our heart to come through and everything that we do that rhymed. (laughs) Um, And so that's just my, my, my heart and my desire is for people to um, love Jesus so much. And then also for them to know that we love them so much. Well, your gifting is certainly on display. It was certainly on display Saturday. I was working the rope line. Uh, all all morning as people were waiting in line to, sure. to get checked in. And it was a magnificent day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. Yeah, and somebody said, look day. how beautiful it is out. Yeah. And I said, Lindsay thinks of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really. Except I, for she planned it on the day that Texas and OU played. Other than that. Yes. I did. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't know. They need to get their schedule out sooner. It was. Yeah. It's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like people we who lost, plan but... a wedding in, in the South yeah. during football season. Yeah. Now, yeah. You can't think of everything. But that back to her, to me, and we've talked about this before, and I've mentioned it in messages about how our first date and you know, mm-hmm. whoever, the woman I'm going to marry, has to be willing to live in a hut in Africa. I just knew that God had called me to ministry, and I wanted my wife to be in ministry with me. But at the same time, I didn't want her to be in ministry with me just for me, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, but for God. And that's what I've always told Lindsay's like the expectations of her. Um, it, Cause people do put a lot of weird expectations on pastors, wives and stuff. My oh, girl, yeah. Your, her expectation as a wife is to me and my family, mm-hmm. like not to the church. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't have an expectation as a pastor's wife to the church. That's any more than a steward of our church. Right. Like, and just a Christian. Yeah, as yeah. a Christian. Like as a steward, that's her expectation. There's no more. Um, but she's also gifted and called to ministry. And so not every pastor's wife it, it works at their church or does things because yeah. they're not called to it. Right. You know, they're called to their family. But with Lindsay, she's called to that and she has a calling to ministry to the church. And so I've always wanted her to serve in areas that lined up with her calling mm-hmm. and her gifting. Because I, I do, gifting is a better way to say it because we're all called to ministry. Sure, yeah. But some of us, and we'll get into this actually in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, some of us are gifted to not just do ministry, but to equip others to do ministry. Mm-hmm. That's the leadership of the church. And so when I came to Revolution, or we came to Revolution 13 years ago, I knew that about her because uh, we had already been doing ministry in two different churches. But it took people a while. That, 
And I said this, I'm like, you're hiring me, but you're getting Lindsay, mm -hmm. you know? And it took people, and we, just, we were in a different phase then. Our kids were younger. And so she wasn't on staff. She's only been on staff for four or five years now. Yeah, like officially. Yeah. I did a lot of things. You, she for did a lot, lot of things. Years. All like, the things. Well, like Woco forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. She just did that yeah. as a, as mm -hmm. a team member. So it's been really cool. Now people see her gifting, not because she's my wife, because of who God made her to be and, and how they compliment my gift. Like we are a complementary church mm -hmm. where we believe that men and women have different roles, but they are to complement each other. Mm -hmm. And I think Lindsay and I really try to live that out. Like I have a role. She has a role. We complement each other. We're both doing ministry, mm -hmm. but there's different roles that we have. And and there's, I don't want to do a lot of your job. No, I don't want to and do a lot. He doesn't want to do a yeah. lot of my job. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. works mm -hmm. really well. Yeah. For know? those of us that, that we sent out the culture index to, if you're listening to this, you take that test, sign up, come to the event. You'll understand like yeah. I'm low D she's very high, mm -hmm. which I'm low detail. She's very high detail. Well, that's mm -hmm. how we compliment each other. Yeah. Like, I literally love details. Yeah. I yeah. love details. I love like, I love trying to figure out the details and stuff and I'll run details by him. And he's like, I mean, just, it's fine. People are just going to show up and it's going to come No, but we have to have stanchions. Yeah. yeah. Like people can't just show up. You and, know? and that's why I, I am so grateful as a campus pastor that you're thinking about those things because yeah. I'm not thinking about those things. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. Like y'all shouldn't have to, you know, like our church should be, our staff should be set up in a way to where we're all able to think about the things that of God, um, to think yeah. about what, like our specific sweet spot, mm -hmm. you totally. know, and then we're able to come together and be like, Hey, what about this? And not like be offended because, mm -hmm. you know, you didn't think about this right. or whatever and me not be offended, but just know that like, we all have each other's backs. Yeah. And so we're going to always kind of look and see and try to help, you know, make sure that the event or whatever we're doing on a weekend. Right. Um, Cause I mean, listen, here, here's the thing that I really want people to understand is that WOCO is phenomenal and um, other events that we do are phenomenal, but there is nothing, nothing that replaces a weekend gathering. Mm -hmm. The That's weekend right. gathering is one of the most important things that we do because it is where the church comes gathers. together yeah. and gathers and sits under the teaching so that we can then apply it. And I just want to encourage you, if you're coming to a gathering, bring a notebook with you. Mm -hmm. Please bring a notebook and pen. You need to be taking notes because it is like gold. Gold. It is gold. And gold, you, Jerry. And you don't need to not, <laughs> you know, go. you want to go back over, go back over it through your week and read back over it and stuff like that. And so... um, yeah, I think we're, and we're even, even a gathering, I'm always looking like, okay, wait one second. That graphic is wrong. Run into the back. Keon. Oh my gosh. I just realized that that graphic is wrong. Kill that graphic, you know? And so we're always like mm -hmm. thinking and trying to make sure that even the weekend gathering is, is done with excellence. But then also, I mean, obviously we want it to honor the Lord. That mm -hmm. is the main, that is the main thing mm -hmm. we want to honor the Lord. We want people to feel loved and cared for. Anytime they walk into this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to, to know that the spirit is here. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And uh, you could not leave Woco and say the spirit wasn't there. It was so spirit led from the singing to the messages, mm -hmm. to the prayer times, absolutely, uh, to communion. It was, it was powerful. Yep. Thank you for everything that you do here. Yeah, thank you. Go get some rest. We're going to talk about the weekend gatherings Great. and Ephesians. You're Great. more than welcome to stay, but I know you have many things. I do, but really fast. Number one, I hate these headphones Yeah. because <laughs> they just fall off my yeah. head. Yeah. Number two, it is um, Pastor Appreciation Month. Mm -hmm. What? So I just want to say thank you all for what you do. We're so grateful. Your entire staff is so grateful. Your church is grateful. Thank you for being the type of leader that you are. Um, you're really awesome. Thank you. You get on my nerves <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but for the most part, yeah. um, I just, I'm so honored to be your wife, but I'm also so honored that you're my pastor. Um, I would want to come to this church even if I wasn't married to you. Mm. 
Thank you for how you don't shy away from what God's word says, even in a time where people are shying away from what God says. I just want you to know, like, you're solid and you have a team of people around you who love you and care for Mm -hmm. you. And then we just have incredible pastors and ministers at this church. And so um, if you're listening to the podcast, make sure that in the next, this next month that you encourage our pastors and our ministers and let them know how much you love them and how much you care about them and get them a gift card. Amen. Peace out. Lindsay's done. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) I love you guys. Thanks. We love you too. Um, Yes, we love you. What what a... The the sense, and I've said this before in the podcast, the unity that we have on this staff. Great job. The unity we have on this staff is unique. Yeah. And not every church is like this. So we are in this season and there's momentum and I think we're firing on almost every cylinder. So yeah, we just need more cylinders. <laughs> we need more cylinders. Um, okay. Yeah. We're, we're going to segue into um, this series in Ephesians. And I, I don't even know if series is the right word. We're just going through books of the Bible. Yeah. Um, you know, we started years ago with Romans. Mm-hmm. Then we did, um, was it Micah? I don't remember if if it was Welcome to the Wrestle was after that or Micah. Well, you know, it all yeah, it all those years. And then um, sixteen years in John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two, two, and a, two and a half years in John. And and now in Ephesians. And the last five weeks in Ephesians have been so life giving and such an incredible masterclass in theology that I think has really blown the roof off this church because. Mm. Um, and, I, and I've said this to you before, and it's the way you preach those verses, especially the ones on predestination. Yeah. You preached it with much grace to those who disagree. Um, but you also preached it in a way to say, hey, we can agree to disagree, but here's what we believe as yeah. a church. Here's yeah. what I believe as a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was life giving to explain the theology, not in. Um, hitting people over the head with a hammer, yeah, saying, exactly. I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. But in a way that, hey, this is a core value of who we are and why we give God glory through this. Yeah. But it was the core value you came here with mm-hmm. in 2010. Mm-hmm. You came here with the value of, we're going to preach the word. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways I could take that and, and just thinking about this and preaching through Ephesians, but, you know, I was a student minister for years prior to becoming a lead pastor. I was in student ministry for, gosh, probably 13, 14 years, um, at least. And at the beginning part of my student ministry, um, you know, when you're in student ministry, you're, you're just trying to get kids there, you know, you're, cause you want to reach kids and you want to, really help them make good decisions, you know? And it was somewhere in my student ministry days where I realized, well, I say I realized, I think the Lord convicted me of like, I was preaching the Bible and I was preaching true things. Um, but really I started realizing, man, I'm, I'm, I'm really just teaching these kids how to be moral, you know, and make good decisions, which is good, but I, I need to do, I need to be a, a better communicator of the gospel mm. of the good news of the Bible. Um, so gosh, probably in my early to mid twenties, you know, just really getting convicted of what is attractive about, I, I think what's attractive about God is who God is and what he's done. But a lot of students and a lot of kids um, and really a lot of people think God is just this guy is like, don't do this, do this. And that's most of what their church experience is. So normally and naturally people rebel against that, just like they rebel against authority figures, you know? So people just see God as this authority figure that is telling them to not do this and do this. And so they rebel. And that's what most preaching is. It's not most preaching is not about the glory of God, the grandness of God. And yes, our sinfulness in the, but what God did to eradicate that sinfulness mm-hmm. in Jesus. And so 
it ch- it changed for me a long time ago, and and then when I came here, I wanted to make sure. And our church was, and some people will know these terms, but our church was a very seeker sensitive church. The church I was on staff at was as well. And I just started to see the ridiculousness of a lot of that Mm -hmm. is, and I didn't come up with this phrase, but someone said it, but what you win them with is what you win them to. So if we're trying to just be this cool church, that's trying to convince people that Jesus is cool and, and just give them practical tools for their life. um, Well, that doesn't hold somebody's faith. Mm -mm. That doesn't ground their faith. And so again, God was doing this in my heart 20 years ago so that when I came here as a lead pastor, I knew that I wanted to build a church. Well, I knew this fact. Jesus said he would build his church. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to build the church. I don't have to grow the church. I don't have to try to manufacture things. I don't have to try to make it cool and relevant and all that kind of stuff. All I have to do is point people to Jesus. All I have to do is teach the word and Jesus will build his church, you know, and um, Jesus said, if I'm lifted up, the spirit will draw people unto myself. And so I just have firmly believed that, um, for decades now, because that's what, when I was a young kid, when I was a teenager, what attracted me was not like, I didn't go to a cool church. It was a small East Texas, Southern Baptist kind of country, rural church. And what attracted me was Jesus Mm. was there's this God who loves me. And that was very attractive to me. Yeah. So when I came to revolution, I knew, and and I remember telling Lindsay, and I've mentioned this before, and I mentioned it from stage, the church was at a very volatile time at that point in time. I wanted to build the church on the word of God. And even if that meant we lost people, Mm -hmm. I would rather like, and I just thought of this, I would rather preach the gospel to lost people. And if that loses people, fine. As opposed to preaching just practical stuff and those people are lost, we just don't know it. Right. You know, so, but in, in the natural way that God does things, you build it on the word of God. Well, God's going to grow that and God's going to bless that. And so for 13, almost 14 years now, we have just had this core conviction to build the church on the word of God, because it doesn't return void. I mean, Jesus said it. It's like building your house on the rock or the sand. And I just wanted to make sure that this church was built on the rock of the word of God so that when I left, it wasn't volatile. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like teetering um, because it's, it's not about me. It's not about the pastor. It's not about trying to, outdo ourselves being cool and creative and all this kind of stuff. It was built on the foundation of the word of God. And again, it's just been amazing to see that God has blessed that, Um, which makes total sense because this is his word. This is, as I said this last weekend, this is his self-revelation. Well, if God revealed this to us, why do we think that if I teach that, that that's somehow not going to work? that's, that's it right there. Yes. I don't get it. I don't Mm -hmm. understand pastors who, and I said this in our all staff meeting this week, their sermons and their church is man centered. Like Mm -hmm. I'm starting with people and I'm saying, okay, what do these people, and I'm letting the people dictate what I say. Right. If I do that, well, well, there's no transformation that's going to, or very little transformation is going to happen because it's not God centered. There's no power in it. I mean, Paul said this, um, to multiple churches, but when he said, I didn't come to you with clever and wise words, I came to you with the power of the spirit, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it, it just amazes me that at the end of the day, I mean, pastors wouldn't say this because they, they know how heretical it would sound, but there's just this belief that a lot of pastors have, I think that kind of undergirds their ministry that if they just preach Jesus in the Bible, that's somehow not enough. Mm. Um, that we got to add this stuff to it. We got to water it down or we got to make it seeker sensitive. We've got to, um, and thankfully that kind of movement has died out because people have seen that, the the impurity in that. And, but I just have this belief that if I just teach this word, that God is going to do the the impossible. He's going to bring people from death to life. Mm-hmm. The spirit 
is going to do what the spirit does. And so the results of it, of the preaching aren't on me, but the, the God centered quality quality of the preaching is on me. Um, I have got to make sure the preaching is exalting to God and honoring God. And it is, and it's at least clear for people to understand. Um, then God does what he does, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our job. That's my job. That's our job. Here is the word of God. Here is what it says about God. Therefore, this is who God is and what God has done. And it's amazing to me, even unbelievers are attracted to that. I mean, yeah. even people that have, I mean, so many people that have been in church for a long time come here and say, I never thought about that. I never saw that before. Right. And, and that grieves me to know that they actually grew up in churches that just took this Bible very lightly, you know, or were somewhat ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I love about even you mentioned Romans, the first one we went through Romans one I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel, right? For in it is the power to save both the Jew and the Gentile. Um, so we definitely want to build a church where we're, again, we're not arrogant. We're not proud. We're not rude, but we're not ashamed. That, that's a great way to put it. Um, and, and we have data to back that up. Yeah. Uh, they're called first time guest calls. Yeah. <laughs> and we make these calls on Sunday afternoon and I would say, especially in the last three years, yeah. so many people who are hungry for the word or don't know what they're hungry for. Yeah. And they come here and they hear the word preached and that's what they get. Yeah. And they are um, blown away. Yeah. And these are people that are coming from, from churches that have existed for a very long time, whether it's in Cherokee County or Forsyth County or Fulton County, or they've moved here from out of state. Uh, We have uh, on a regular basis, a lot of former pastors who Mm. who go to revolution and they're here because of the teaching. And and I think that is, that's the most exciting thing about revolution church. All all the other stuff is great, uh, but I'll go back to something. And I think I've said this on a podcast before when, Leanna and I first came to Revolution. There was never a question, hey, is this going to be our church? Yeah. Uh, we, we were dead set the first time we walked in the door. This, this is our church. A few weeks later, could have been a couple of months later. I don't know what you were preaching, but it was a, a verse that the world would say is controversial. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's in the Bible. Yeah. And there was a, a pause and you walked out to the end of the stage and you held up your Bible and said, Hey, I'll shut these doors before I compromise the word of God. Absolutely. And we looked, we just looked at each other. I think we high fived each other. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, that's, that's the kind of church we not only want to be in, we need to be in. Absolutely. We all do. Yeah. Again. And I was actually, I'm in a, uh, in my doctoral work, the class I'm in this this semester is advanced preaching and teaching. So I'm in a preaching class. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading a bunch of books, obviously, and studying writing papers on preaching. And arguably one of the best preachers of our lifetime that just passed away this year, Tim Keller, mm-hmm. reading his book called Preaching. And and his the subtitle is communicating uh, communicating about God in the age of skepticism or something like that. And his argument, and he pastored in New York City for decades, you know, so, so arguably probably the hardest place, one of the hardest places on the planet to plant a church, to grow a church. But he is, in my mind, one of the best examples that if you preach the gospel, as he says in the book, clearly, exegetically, uh, which is verse by verse, just going through, <laughs> as we say, um, that that is what leads to transformation. And, and what's funny is I, I have known church planters that have been in New York city. Um, actually the church I was at before we supported a church plant in New York city. If you roll into New York city and you try to out New York, New York, like you, <laughs> you try to out creative them, you know, if you, if you roll up in there with a church like that in a very progressive secular city, they're going to reject you. Yeah. A, because you're not as cool as everything else. No. But B, there's no there's no substance to it. There's no foundation to it. But here you have a guy like Keller who is very was very intellectual, but preached the gospel clearly, and he preached Christ from all of Scripture, um, and he did it exegetically. And yet, 
the church grew to thousands and now multiple churches and they planted churches all over the world. And so you see that and you're like, what is that? What, how did, well, cause he was building it on the rock. He was building it on the word and yeah, he needed it. The people there needed it. And that's, you're exactly right. Like when you live enough life and you realize that this is the word of God and that it can be trusted and you can build your life on it, then you're, again, like I said, you're not ashamed of it. And you realize that's the, like we have to preach to God. People always think we need the gospel has to be preached to unbelievers. No, it has to be preached to believers. Amen. Every week. You know, all the time. All the time. Every day. Yes. And like we said this last weekend in the message, when Paul at the end of Ephesians 1, where he said, you know, um, he was praying that God would give them the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge so that they'll have hope. Well, how much do we, even as Christians, need hope? Mm-hmm. Well, we only get hope from knowing the revelation, from knowing this word, the, the self-revealed word of God. And so we all need that hope. And so the best thing I can do, the best thing any preacher can do is take people to the text to show them the hope that they can have in this book if they'll know it, Mm -hmm. if they'll study it, if they'll believe it. And so it produces something. And that's why I love our our mission here, Love Jesus, Grow People, and Grow, as we say all the time, is an acronym and it comes from the parable of what's called the soils, you know, the four soils. I like to call it the parable of the seed because Jesus said the seed is the word of God. Mm-hmm. When the word of God gets planted in you, it grows roots, it grows up, it grows out. Well, if we believe that the power is in the word of God, then why would we shy away from it? Right. The yeah. power is not in the methods. The power is not in the creativity. Uh, and again, we don't mind doing those things. We use modern technology like microphones and videos and those kind of things. That's fine, but it's only to amplify the seed. It's only to multiply that word because the power is in the word. The power is in the seed, not in the soil, not in us. As I said two weeks ago, it's not in us, it's in him. So if the power is in Jesus, the power is in the word of God, that's what the spirit is going to bless and multiply then why in the world would we do anything else? <laughs> anything else. Then dig into that word. Yeah. That's what we all need. And that's why I love, and now, again, like I said, I've been convicted for, for a while now that my job is not to grow the church, build the church. Jesus is going to do all that. Mm-hmm. My job is just to preach this word clearly and provide systems of care mm-hmm. for people you know, like we see in Acts 6. Um, so we preach the word and we provide, so we preach and provide, we provide care, <laughs> you know, um, for age groups, you know, children, students, adults, um, and care for people, that, which is basically disciple them, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what we're trying to do. We're preaching and providing those those pathways for people. And that is what makes for a strong church. Um, because it is then a church built on the foundation of who God is. Centered on the cross. Yeah. And that's one thing, you know, if you read Keller or Piper or R.C. Sproul or any of those guys, that the centrality of the cross is the antidote to our pride. Yeah. And God hates pride. That's Mm -hmm. the sin that he hates the most. Mm -hmm. And when we preach the gospel to ourselves every single day and center ourselves at the cross at the foot of it yeah. and in his word, then we, we can move forward in, in our lives. Yeah. Well, the, the, we were talking about this the other day, you know, the greatest commandments in Matthew 22, love the Lord, your God, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, loving God, you know, we talk about love a lot in this culture and no one knows what it means, but we all use it. And we use circular arguments like love is love. Okay, well, what is it? Well, if the greatest commandment is to love God, well, I have to love God in the way God said to love God. Mm. I don't get to choose how I love God. Right. Like, God is love, First John tells us, um, which is true. So that means God defines love. God is the one who puts it on, you know, is the here's how you love, here's what it is. And so if that's true, then 
we have to live our lives the way God says and love God the way God says. And how we love God is what you were just saying is we hate sin. We look at sin, we confess and repent, and we love Jesus. You know, we look at the cross. That's how God defined love. And we can't, we can't make up our own definitions of it. Um, and so, yeah, the guys that you mentioned, you know, so many in church history are very cross-centered, very Jesus-centered, because that is how God says to love him. Um, so we can't say, I love God and then hate Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can't say, I love God and, and love sin. You know, again, First John makes that incredibly clear. Um, so we have to love God the way God says to love God. And we can only do that when we read this book mm-hmm. and do it in a way that he says. So just like Lindsay said, hey, bring this book to church. Yeah. yeah. And, and bring something to write with and bring a notebook. It is life-giving. I, I, I got the wrong Bible. Um, <laughs> I, I was so excited about this Bible. It's going to be my, it's going to be my last one. It's going to be my gun lap Bible. And I mean, look how I have marked up the first page of Ephesians. Yeah, I've got yeah. no room left. I should have gotten the Bible, the journal the, Bible, the journal Bible. Yeah. So I may have to get another Bible and then transfer <laughs> all these notes over. It's uh, going to mess things up for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, but a great way to end the podcast. Oh, two quick podcast stories. I ran, yeah. ran into a guy on Thursday night, comes to our Thursday night gathering. And uh, he told me that, that we were in his car for days. Hmm. So, He's got family in California. He never flies. Hmm. He always drives to California. And he heard about the podcast and he started listening. He binged from Cal from, oh my he- gosh. from here to California. Oh my gosh. And California back. He goes, wow. I've listened to them all. <laughs> That's a, oh, I bet. Yeah, we were in his head. Yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday, one of our team members contacted me and said, Hey, I, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed that I haven't listened to the podcast yet. Started listening to the podcast and said it's it's life-giving. Oh, that's awesome. So those, those are cool stories. If you got a cool story about the podcast, hey, let us know about it. And if you have, I did have somebody email in, I think, or something. If you have questions yes. that you want to ask that we can answer on here, oh, particularly yeah. like predestination and those kind of questions. So you can DM us on Instagram mm-hmm. um, or any of the social media platforms and then email us, contact us, um, and we'll try to answer those questions too. Excellent. Um Info at revolution.church or go, go to the contact us part of the website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I asked Lindsay this question and we should have clarified while she was here. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd asked her this a while back. She said, yeah, it's demon, demon. That's what I'm doing. Uh, DM, uh, you know, your questions on Instagram. Oh, direct message. Yeah, direct yeah, message. Yeah, okay. There yeah. you go. Okay. Um, for a transcript of the show, write down everything we say. Yeah. <laughs> unless... Unless, and Pastor Thad texted me last night, unless you're watching on YouTube where there actually is a transcript. <laughs> so, so who knew? Who knew? Okay, we have a, a new name uh, at the end. I'm only going to rattle off a few of them. Today. Okay, good. Okay? Because yeah. um, I, I know it, it, it gets long. Uh, but our actual producer is Brian Damaro. Um, Damaro, sorry. Uh, our video technician is uh, Neon Kian Sadiji. Our key grip is Jakob Apushchikovsky. Our head of doctrine of theology is Theologian. Uh, our chief evangelist is Salvation. Our backsliding prevention officer is Luke Warm. Our director of Swedish witnessing is Bjorn, Bjorn again. again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our expert on Russian eschatology is Petoff Hell. And here's the new one. Our director of marriage studies. Marriage uh, studies. Marriage studies. Okay. Uh, from Romania. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a woman. She's from Romania. She's my better off. <laughs> She's my better half. <laughs> She's my better half. <laughs> did you, did, did that just, like, did you just pick Romania because it sounded like when yeah. you put all those words together? Yeah. Well, here, here's how it happened. I was texting with Pastor Thad and Brian last night about some stuff, and I was like, I'm just sitting here trying to come up with a name for the podcast. Yeah. I, and I've been, it's been ruminating in my head for days. And then this morning, coming back from the gym, I was like, huh, marriage, better half, better. She's my better half. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, sometimes these are just for me. Yeah, um, I, we have no idea if that is uh, Romanian uh, we origins don't, or not. We don't know. But it sounds We like don't it. know. But yeah. Romanoff, better half. 
Oh, I see yeah, what you did. That, that's where I was going. I got you. I, got I, you. I don't know if I don't know if the Romanovs were Romanian. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't um, know. Well, all those countries, you know, were other countries at one time. Yeah, and then, yeah it's very. Confusing. I just know that World War One started when Franz Ferdinand was assassinated. That's yeah. it. That's all. That's all. That's all I remember from European history. All right. Um, final words. The best advice we ever got. Trust God. Take a nap. See you. See you next time. <laughs>